that you um you you do uh, uh, um excuse me lord you do more um you do abundantly more than what we could ever ask or think or imagine and so lord um we just invite you to be here this morning holy spirit come you be our teacher your word says that you are you are the teacher and you have been sent uh, to teach us and to guide us and to lead us into all things. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do that this morning. Um, I'm just I'm just up here trying to relay what you what you want. Um, and so, if I don't have it to say, I pray that you'll say it. Um, it as much as you can, put your words in my mouth. And um, if I say something that's not of you, Lord, let it just fall to the floor and never get to the ears of anyone who hears. Lord, we, uh, we, we love you, we rely upon you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start off today. Um, Ruth, if you want to, Ruth, the Lord was showing something to Ruth earlier this week that I thought was really good, really appropriate. Um, so as far as kind of an introduction goes, I'm going to let Ruth take a few minutes. I didn't know I was introducing the sermon. <laughs> All right. How many people love reading numbers? No. Is numbers not anybody's favorite book? You know, this person is the son of this person, and they gave this, you know, this silver dish weighing this much as their offering. And so I got to numbers three and numbers four. And I'm reading. The duties of the sons of Gershon in the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle and the tent, its covering and the screen for the doorway, the tent of meeting and the hangings of the court, and the screen for the doorway of the court, which is around the tabernacle, and the altar and its cords according to all the service concerning them. The duties of the sons of Koath involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, and the utensils of the sanctuary with which they minister, and the screen and all the service concerning them. The sons of Merari, their appointed duties involved the frames of the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, all its equipment, and the service concerning them, and the pillars around the court with their sockets and their pegs and the cords. <laughs> and then you get to chapter 4, and it's, this is the work of the descendants of Koath um, concerning the most holy things when the camp sets out. This is what they're supposed to carry, and this is the service of the family of Gershonites and their service in carrying, and this is what they're supposed to carry, and the sons of Merari, this is their duty of their loads for all the service in the tent of meeting and what they're supposed to carry, and I'm reading it and I'm going, really? Why do I care who's supposed to carry what through the wilderness, (laughs) right? I mean, I guess it was important for them to know what they were supposed to carry, but really, God, why is that in there? Why do I need to know? Um, And I was thinking about it and praying about it, you actually have one large family, the Israelites, and then you have a family, a smaller family within that, the um, Levites. And then God's breaking it down. In the Levites, you have the Gershon, the family of Gershon, the family of Merari, the family of Koath, and they each have different responsibilities and duties. And it's kind of like our families. I mean, if you look in my family, we would say we are Greenlaws, and then Portwoods, and then now you have Ryan and me, and my two brothers are separate families, and my sister is a separate family, so we're all kind of this family tree. Um, so each priestly family had a specific duty, 
and responsibility. And God gave them a gift to carry it out. He anointed them to do the work. He told them how to do it. Um, No other family in the household of Israel could do what God told the Gershonites to do. No other family was allowed to do it. No family from Judah could do what the Kohathites did. And the Merarites couldn't do what the Gershonites were supposed to do. It was very specific. This is Only this family can do this task. Um, they each had a responsibility, a vital responsibility, in moving the tabernacle forward through the land. And they had to work together in order for it to advance. They couldn't switch callings because God said, you have to do this specific thing. And they couldn't compete with each other. And they couldn't just refuse to work. If, you know, the Merariites refused to carry the frames and the pillars and the sockets, you wouldn't be able to set up the tabernacle. And if the Kohathites refused to take the holy objects, then they weren't going to be able to sacrifice and have the incense and the altar. So everybody had to do what they were assigned to do. Um, And they couldn't just say, well, I'm not going to do it this time. I don't want to do that job, so I'm not going to do it. Um, If they didn't, the whole tabernacle wouldn't be able to be built properly. The people wouldn't be able to worship God correctly, and God wouldn't have a place to visit them or to dwell with them. Um, I'm sorry, I'm skipping around. My notes are a little bit... um, So basically, it's the same way with us. God calls each individual church family to do a specific duty in its community. Um, We have a specific task to do, and um, the other churches in town have specific tasks to do. And in order for the church to be built properly in Willimantic and to advance, we have to support and contribute to the building up of the whole church. Otherwise, there's not really a whole or a proper place for the people of God to meet with him and to worship with him. Um, It was the presence of God that was to carry them into the promised land, and they had to take that presence of God with them, Um, and it would help them conquer the promised land when they got there. Without the presence, they couldn't fulfill the vision or the task that God had for them to do. If they, somebody said, I'm not doing my task, I'm not taking the, the poles and the frames, then the presence of God wasn't going to be there with them, and they would not be able to conquer the promised land. Um, So if our promised land is the nations, what Jesus promised us, that's our inheritance. The The nations are our inheritance. We're supposed to conquer it by making disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Um, We have to have the presence of God with us. If we're going to make disciples on a large scale, like they they conquered the promised land on a large scale, we have to have a complete church, just like they needed a complete tabernacle. Ours is a spiritual building. Theirs was a a literal tent. Um, It's okay for us to have individual families, individual churches. God set up individual families. You had the Kohathites, you had the Gershonites. So we have ALCC, we have the other churches in town, and that's okay. God expects it. Um, Each one is supposed to have a different specific duty in carrying forward the presence of God and making his dwelling place. Um, But we have to all do it. We can't say, oh, well, they're going to do that, so I don't have to. Or 
um, you know, I don't like what they're doing, so I'm not going to join together with them. The Merariites couldn't say, well, I don't like the fact that the Kohathites are carrying the holy things, so I'm just not going to participate. We can't do that. Um, we have to work together in order for the whole church to be built and for us to conquer our promised land, which is making disciples. Thank you, babe. If you'd find uh, in your Bibles, John chapter number 5, John chapter 5, you know what Ruth was saying is, is so exactly right that we all have to work together and each individual church is um, usually going to have something that they're very gifted in. Um, some churches are, um, if you will, prayer churches. Not that all the churches don't need prayer, but some churches like International House of Prayer in, in um, is it Kansas City, you know, they've had a 24-hour day prayer for years and years and years and years and years. Some churches are churches that um, do a lot of um, individual outreach, like um, like the Covenant Soup Kitchen, right? They they have this kind of a mercy ministry. You think of Mother Teresa's ministry. Uh, some churches are very very evangelistic. They they bring in lots and lots of 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 you know baby Christians, right? And which is great. And some churches do a lot of discipleship, which is great. But really, in order to build the entire church. You need it all, and so it, it's not just about um, it's not just about what we all can do, but what we all can do together. And what that takes is Ruth mentioned being is it takes the Holy Spirit, and it takes us being led by the Spirit of God, totally, completely led by the Spirit. And what the Spirit of God will do with us may not be what is he's doing with Light on the Hill or with um, um, uh, CLA, Christian Life Assembly, or, or uh, some of these other things. But as we're led, we'll be able to see a lot more what he wants us to do. If you'll uh, turn in John 5, um, starting in verse 19, starting in verse 19. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Before I go on, I, um, you know, in our, it, I like to have sharp knives in my house. I don't know if anybody else does, but a, a sharp kitchen knife, for me, if you can't, if you can't take the knife and and run it over the back of your arm and shave, dry shave the back of your arm, it's not worth using. It needs to go back and get sharpened, 
okay? And from the, from the time our kids are little, we start teaching them how to use a knife, right? Now, I don't give them, we have, we have different knives. We have a paring knife, which is about this big, and we have a, a sandwich knife, which is about six inches, and we have a chef's knife, which is about eight inches. I don't give them the scimitar, which is about 12 inches, and say, here is a butternut squash. Would you please cut this up? Anybody, anybody's cut up a butternut squash in here? It's tough. It is hard. I, I, I think I'm the one in the family who does the butternut squash because it takes a lot of effort, and if you don't have your fingers in the right place, it, will, it can be really, really bad. But the, the point is, you know, we start teaching our kids to use the paring knife, and we say, okay, this is how you hold the knife. This is where you put your fingers. You don't put your finger here. You put your fingers back, and then they graduate up to the little bit bigger knife, and then a lot of times they'll want to stay there at the six-inch knife. And we say, no, you're, you're big enough now. You can go up to the eight-inch knife. And, and we, we teach them how to do that. And that's what a good parent's supposed to do, right? You show them how. You teach them how. And as they grow and as they mature and as they show themselves capable and, 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 and um, respecting the knife properly, then you, you let them graduate, Right? This is a lot what this passage is like. There's a, a, a method in leadership, if you will, that says, I'll show you, then we do together, and then I'll let you do. Right? If you look, this is kind of what Jesus is, show, is, is saying here. It says, um, you know, verse 19, he said, uh, Truly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless he's, it's something he sees the father doing. And then he does it in like manner. Verse 20. For the father loves the son and shows him all things. um, uh, 21, I'm sorry. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son also gives life to whom he wishes. Right? So it goes from the father, I'm showing everything to the son, and the son doing in like manner. I don't do anything except what I see the father doing. And then the father gives life, the son gives life to whom he wishes. Look at um, verse 22. For not even the father judges anyone, but he's given all judgment to whom? The son. You see the progression? I've mentioned it before, but I believe a lot what God does is, is as we gain um, as we become more mature in our faith, as we, as we uh, show the Lord that he can trust us with the gifts that he wants to give to us, then he'll give us more. You know, it's just like I don't give Kyla, especially if, when she's a little bit younger, I don't give her the biggest knife we have in the house and say, here, baby, go for it. Right? And God's a good father. And he, doesn't, he does the same thing to us. He doesn't give us everything all at once and says, go for it, because we'll make a mess out of it. Let's just face it, we would. But what he wants us to do is to progress in our faith. But let me give, before I go on, I need to give a little disclaimer, okay? It's, it's a theological disclaimer. So if, it, it, especially since we are um, taping this and people listen to it, I need to just give you a little bit of Theology is all about language. 
You have to say it exactly how it's been said for the last 2,000 years. Uh, we know that Jesus is the Son of God, right? He is eternally the Son of God. You cannot separate um, the deity and the humanity of Christ. He, uh, he's, he is eternally 100% God and 100% man. Right? Amen? We all got that? Now, when Jesus came as a baby, um, in Philippians 2, it says that he, he set aside, you know, he emptied himself. Um, in theology, they call it kenosis. He, it, and what they described is he, he set aside his God qualities or his God characteristics, if you will. Okay? The, he, he was not omnipresent when he was on the earth, right? He, he wasn't everywhere at once. He was in a body. He, he was not, he was, it, that shows that he wasn't all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient. It, he grew in stature with, with man and with God, right? So he, he voluntarily, though he was 100% God, 100% man, he voluntarily set those aside when he came as a, as a baby. Why I believe he did that is to show us this is how you should live. He came to, to live a life as a man filled by the Holy Spirit to say, this is how you should do it. Remember, remember, like, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago, WWJD. Anybody have a bra- WWJD bracelet? What would Jesus do? Right? Remember that? We can say that. We can ask that question because he was a man filled by the Holy Spirit showing us what to do. This is how you're supposed to live. If he was, if he was, if he came in the fullness of his deity, it wouldn't be fair for us to ask and say, what would Jesus do? Right? It wouldn't be fair at all. But because he was a man filled by the Holy Spirit, we can say, what would Jesus do? Jesus answered and was saying to them, verse 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Let me ask, what would your day look like if you only did what you saw the Father doing? Now, I'm sure probably a lot of your, all, your minds went, well, well, I'd be evangelizing at work, and I would be uh, you know, doing mercy ministry, or I would be, uh, I'd be uh, sharing Jesus' love with so-and-so. Let me ask it a little bit differently. What was the last thing you saw the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit doing? If you have to think about it, then really if you answer the question, if I only did what I saw the Father doing, the Son doing, the Holy Spirit doing, we wouldn't really be doing much of anything. So here's what I believe we need to do. Uh, This is a verse, honestly, um, the Lord hit me with this earlier in the week, and and I prayed about it, and... Um, the Lord said, I want you 
to preach on this. And I said, are you sure? And uh, so I started preparing, and I even got up this morning. I said, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> he said, yes. I, need, I want you to talk about this. Because if we're ever going to progress into what God wants for us, like the progression that I just showed you, that we go and we receive more, we receive more authority, we receive more responsibility, we got to get out of the first stage, which is looking and seeing what God is doing and being able to um, emulate that, being able to say, okay, I see what the Father's doing, I see what the Holy Spirit's doing, and that's what I'm going to do. What I've seen a lot, and I believe a lot of it is for this country, and uh, really the West, if you will, um, Europe and, and Britain and Canada, United States, we're, we're very, very, um, oh, there, there's several things. Number one, we're, we're becoming more and more an atheistic society. And not just that people are not believing in the true God, but they don't believe in any God at all. And because of that, um, society is doing several things, one of which is there is no morality. Because if you don't, uh, some, some places they've had a God form, if you will, and it gives some sort of check to morality, even if it's not um, a full what we would call morality. But there's still fear, even you know, the Greeks, they feared the, the mythological gods in some way. Um, Romans the same way. Uh, but now people don't fear anything. So it's chunk morality out the window. But because of that, we, we don't think about the spirit realm on a daily basis. We've gotten um, into uh, not only atheism, but humanism. Whereas uh, we have to be able to understand everything. If we can't understand it with our mind, then it really, it, it either doesn't exist or, you know, it's just... Um, it has to be able to be understood, and, and we've we've so taken um, the realm of science, and science is a good thing, okay? We, but we've taken it and said, okay, science has to explain everything. And science is good, and God has used science, and God's given wisdom to scientists, both you know, in medicine and and, and uh, physics and um, astronomy, and, and God's explained a lot of the universe through science. But um, if you will. Um, you know, people say about talk about the Big Bang. Well, a Big Bang has to have a Big Banger, right? There has to be that immovable mover. There has to be something there in the beginning. And if you don't have that, then you can't fully explain everything. Because the spirit realm is much more real than the natural realm. And God can choose to or not choose to follow any of the scientific laws he wants because he put them in place in the first place, right? So if he wants to break any of those natural laws, he can. Now, why, why am I saying this? Because the, our society has impacted how we think and how we live our lives so that we have pushed out um, the spirit realm in a lot of how we think. And we ha I believe that why, why you see so many more, if you want to say signs and wonders or miracles or whatever in some of the other countries, Africa or India, or um, it, both positive and negative-wise, you know, whether it's we're talking witch doctors or you're talking somebody goes in with the gospel, you see all of these 
um, uh, let, let me give you let me give you an example. We we were uh, had a missionary out of our church in, in Oklahoma that um, was in Uganda, Uganda, and uh, she uh, during the children's wars she uh, went to the the hot spot. They they said it was a hundred yards from hell, and that's how she described it. I mean, it was terrible, awful. You name it, it's bad. And there were, uh, everybody was were gathered into these camps to try to to protect themselves and to protect their kids. And they were in these grass huts. And she said, in several of the camps, what what would happen is there were demonic fires that took place. Um, they had these grass huts, and all of a sudden, one would middle of the day, nothing happening. This grass hut would catch fire, boom, go up, and flames go up, and smoke. And the grass huts right to either side wouldn't be, be burned at all. And the people realized that this, this is not natural stuff. It's not like somebody came along and their, their, their fire that were, they were cooking with you know, got out of hand. This was a demonic activity. We see they knew it. They were conditioned to know that stuff. And so what did they do? They called her and said, can you come help? And she said, yeah, we'll, we'll come help. And she, she got a prayer team together, came in, um, uh, discerned, figured out what it was, uh, broke those things off, and it, they ceased. But it was, it was operating and knowing and realizing, you know, both people realizing, okay, this is a demonic thing going on, and then coming in with the kingdom of God and saying, okay, we're going to take care of it. But they weren't going to take care of it by having more fire extinguishers, okay? It was, it was being taken care of by prayer and addressing it through the supernatural. But if we don't ever see the supernatural and, and see things as happening in the supernatural, then we're not going to address it. We're not going to, um, we're not going to get to the root of it. And that's how we're conditioned here in the United States is we don't see with the, in the supernatural. We don't see in supernatural eyes. Let me read, read this verse. Um, it's in uh, Isaiah, uh, I'm going to read it out of Acts, Acts 28. Um, I'm just get going there because it's closer. It's also in Isaiah chapter 6. In verse 26 it says, Go to the people and say, You will keep on hearing but will not understand. You will keep on seeing but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull as with... Their ears they scarcely hear. They have closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. And I believe that that's a lot where this country is. We, we are seeing with these eyes, but we're not seeing with these eyes in here. We're hearing with these ears, but we're not hearing with the ears of the Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we begin to see and hear in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit of God so that we can see what God is doing? Because I believe God wants to show us. He wants to show us more. He wants to, he wants to lead us, and, and he, wants to, he wants to show us daily. He wants to show us further. He wants, to, he wants to say, okay, this is how I want you to be led. But if we're not seeing and if we're not hearing, we're not going to be led. And then... Once we're led, we, I believe that the Lord will give us more and further on. But I believe so much of the church 
is stuck in that first group. And that's okay, all right? If, if we don't know where we are, we're not going to go further. And uh, I think so much of the American church is, is stuck right there. So hopefully these are some really practical um, practical things of how we can start hearing and seeing in the Holy Spirit. Now let me let me give another little disclaimer. Um, we need this is something that you have to, have to be careful with also, because there are a lot of people that are trying to get in touch with the spirit realm that are on the other side. Okay, um, and you can get onto the other side really quickly. I mean, there's there's fortune tellers. Don't do that. Bad news. Tarot cards, Ouija boards. You know, all, some different things. Okay, you can get. You can get in touch with the Spirit going the other direction. You don't want to do that. Okay? But it doesn't mean, that doesn't make the Spirit realm any less necessary for us. It's just that they're getting it and we're not. And so we can't combat that because we don't have what they've got. Somebody say, ouch. It's like, it's like knowing there's a battle or, or not knowing there's a battle so you can't fight it. So we, we've got to we've got to enter in. So the first the first thing I would I would say is begin to ask questions of the Lord. Begin to ask questions. What I found a lot of times if you ask questions and then you're journaling. Lord, what's going on with this? And then and then see if he'll just answer you. Okay? Um and and begin begin waiting on that answer ask ask and see if he'll answer ask and wait and maybe you won't hear anything at first it'll take maybe it takes some time but keep asking and keep pressing and keep and keep because the thing is we god's a good father and he wants to talk to us let, let, me, let me put it this way um when i was in when i was in seminary uh, I took a pastoral counseling class. And one thing that they did is they broke us up all into groups and they said, okay, here, here's a situation. We did this like on a weekly basis. Here's a situation. You need to uh, rotate through the groups and this is how you listen. You ask these questions. It's reflective, reflective um, listening. Um, if they say this, you ask them this. You try to probe deeper this way. We don't always know how to listen. We don't always know how to see. Artists can see things in things that I don't see. They, they've learned to look at the lines differently and the shading differently. They've learned to, to see things in a different pattern so that they can either replicate it in, in a, a painting or a drawing or a sculpture, which I wouldn't see at all. They see in a different way than I do. They've learned. So what we need to do is to learn to see differently to see with these eyes and hear, and to hear with these ears and hear. And you can, you, can, you can open them, and you can see and hear. But you've got to learn. So ask questions. Probe, probe deeper with the Lord. You know, a lot of times we like to just talk. Machine gun the Lord. Okay, I'm done. Good. Amen. Let's go. But 
Ask questions and listen, wait and listen. Many of you I know have heard the Lord before, and that's great. Do it more. Because the more I think that we can see, the more we can hear, the more that the Lord will show us, and the more we'll um, actually see happen. Um, uh, the other thing, so that, that, op- that helps to open your spiritual ears. Uh, another thing that helps to open your spiritual ears, how many, um, how many of you all, uh, either when you're talking to somebody or in prayer, you have um, said something, or, or maybe you pray in the Spirit, you've said something, and it's come out your mouth, and you're like, I didn't even think about that. I have no idea where that came from whatsoever. Okay? Anybody? That, most of you, I'm sure, has happened. Okay? Now, did God, um, did God grab your tongue and force it to do something? Right? No. You have to use your, your, your breath and your mouth and your tongue, right? And but God just, he puts something in you. It's, it's kind of the same way when you, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of the same way when you start um, looking and listening in the spirit. You have to be intentional about it. Um, you know, when, when you when you pray in the spirit, when you when that happens to you, that the Lord, you know, it that's that's a connection that opens your ears to the Lord. Okay, that's what I, I found. The more you, if you pray in the spirit, the more you pray in the spirit. It's 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 that way that it opens your ears to the Lord, and, and you can actually start to to hear more easily. So the more you know, Paul says, "I'm thankful I pray in the spirit more than every all of you guys," right? It, it's got him opening his ears. Up to the Lord, um, and that—that's a way to practice that because um, then you can learn what it, it, it feels like, if you will, to open up and to start listening and saying, "Okay, Lord, what is it you're saying?" And you can start really starting to to make that connection because He does speak to you, and He'll speak through you. It's a matter of opening your ears up to be able to hear and to listen, and the same way with actually seeing in the Spirit. Okay. Um, who who hears before? Um, this happens to me, and I've learned over the years to try to pay attention to it. And I'll I'll tell you sometimes I really don't, and I need to. I I'm I'm here in 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 number one two. Okay, let me just be honest. I'm here in the first stage myself. All right, but I believe that the Lord is started. He started showing me this in the last several months. Is that the the way that we're going to start seeing more happen? is by entering into that spiritual realm more. So, who here is, you know, you're, you, you've been reading, or you may be watching a show, or maybe you're talking to somebody, and all of a sudden something will flash before your face? Like you'll, you'll see a picture of, of somewhere you've been, or something that's happened to you in the past, or um, maybe somebody else's face. Didn't that happen to anybody here? All of a sudden, you're reading along, and and you're like, you, you see this 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 thing. Uh, you know, when you were with so and so, and and you were doing this one thing. Now, I'm not going to say that's always God, but a lot of times the Holy Spirit brings those pictures up to you in order for you to do something with it. 
So all I'm saying is I want you to pay attention to that. When that happens, maybe you're talking to somebody and something, uh, a face will come up or a, a, an instance, something that happened. Just take a pause and say, okay, Lord, do you want me to do something with that? Because it might be that the Lord's saying, you know what, I want you to tell that person about that situation. It may be that, because I've had it happen before, you know, I'm, I was reading along or reading the Bible. The Bible is a great time for the Lord to pop stuff into your head. Reading along, and all of a sudden, this picture of, of something that happened in my past. And so what I've learned is to say, okay, Lord, is there something about that that you want to heal? It, wh- why are you showing this to me? Is it something I need to pray about? Is it something that you want to, um, is, there, is there a pain there that I need to, to get healed from? Is there something I need to get rid of? Why are you showing me this? Now, like I said, I'm not saying that all of, your, all of the things that pop into your head are God. I'm not saying that all the dreams that you have are uh, the Lord trying to show you something. But I am saying, please pay attention. Because the more we pay attention to those things, the more um, the Lord will use, will use that. It's, it's, it's a way that we can open our spiritual eyes and the Lord will begin to show us things and use those things in order for us to, to sense and see what he want, is wanting to do. Again, Jesus said, I don't do anything except that what I see the Father doing. Right? If we're going to do what Jesus did, if we're going to... What would Jesus do? He would say, what's the Father doing? Okay, that's what I'll do. What are you going to do? Well, what's the Father doing? What's the Son doing? What's the Holy Spirit doing? I'm going to see it, and so I'm going to do it. You know, um, see, it's happening to me right now. So, um, you'll start to learn kind of how the Lord works. I remember I was, I was about to get up and preach at, at this at this church. It's been a good number of years ago now. And I started having this, this pain right up in here in my side. I was like, okay, what, what is that, Lord? Why am I having this pain? And I, I'm like, it, it's right around where an ovary would be. And so I got up, and one of the first things I said, I, 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 said, I, I said, I think someone here is having a problem with their ovary. So I, and I I think it was the left side. I say over here, and the um, Lord's just healing you right now. And at the same time, very honestly, I'm going, oh, dear God, I hope I got this right. <laughs> so I didn't even ask. I was like, okay, who is that? I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep on going. And you know what? The, the next, like, it was the next week, some of our friends who lived down the street from us came up, and, and um, he said, Ryan, my son's girlfriend was at church um, last week when you were preaching. Um, she's had... Um, feminine problems for for years and the doctors have have not been able to fix it um he said from the time that you said that it's been taken care of ever since so it's learning to hear and sense and feel what god is showing you so that when you when you see those things then you can act on them. And then signs and wonders happen. The, I, the, the Catholics have had this 
for they they've been great with this for years and years and you know generations because a lot of times you know they they have an emphasis on um you know that there are angels all around this there's saints all around um and and you see that in in their their pictures and and in and in their language and oftentimes we have gotten away from that as protestants um and we need to realize that there the spirit realm is so real it's so much more real than the natural realm um then one last thing is that we need to practice we need to practice like any other gift that you've got you know whether that's a physical gift like running right or a gift of writing a a gift of um you know drawing or whatever whatever it is you might be very very talented with that but if you never do it you're going to get rusty you're not going to do it well you have to continue to do it in its exact same way in with this it's something you need to practice and so what i'm going to just encourage you to do is is when you're in prayer practice this say okay lord and even if you're even if you got 10 15 minutes of prayer i'm going to i'm going to tell you when i when the lord started talking to me about this several months ago i was like okay lord i can open my spiritual eyes and ears for like maybe 20 or 30 seconds that's it and i knew how to, i knew how to kind of do it i knew what it, i knew i knew how to get in there i'm like okay 20 or 30 seconds i mean that's pushing it but as you practice i'm like okay now you know it's gotten up i can do 10 15 minutes you know i can do i can do a little bit longer it, it wasn't just as few seconds so so practice um i i was reading the other day in in kings where um i believe it was uh uh they met Elisha they there was a whole army going up and they they needed a prophet and said okay we're 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 out of gas we you know are the people are need we need to have water is there a prophet yeah Elisha's in the Elisha, Elisha do you have a word he said well bring me a minstrel use music not just any music you know get some get some christian music get some music that's worshipful get some a lot of times it, maybe even without words but it's a christian It's, God uses music in order for his presence to come. I don't know exactly why, but it's, you see it all throughout scripture. So practice this and and get in a place where you can lit, practice listening, where you can practice opening your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears and listen and see and pay attention. Ask the Lord, please open my eyes, please open my ears so I can see you and hear you. And then then be open. And and let me tell you if you have something that you want to check and say I don't know if this is right. And this is what this is what I'm seeing or this is what I'm hearing. It's really wild. Come talk to me. In uh, in 1 Corinthians 14 it says, you know, that the one pro- one prophet should prophesy after the other and the other should sit and judge. Right? Because we just like in science right science uses experiments right to to find out what the world is like around us we need to to delve in and and kind of just test the waters see see what god is doing let's experiment with the lord let's be free to say okay lord i'm going to try this 
I don't know where I'm going here, but I'm going to try. I want to get closer to you. And he will, let me tell you, he'll hear your heart and he'll know where where you want to be. And he'll he'll move you along to be closer to him. And if you get into a point where you're saying, I'm not really sure about, come and talk to me. I'd be, I'd be glad to say, you know what? You missed it right there. You're doing a good job. You're doing the right thing. But, but not, no, no, no. Let's, let's take care of that. Uh, this is really good. This, yeah, I believe that was what God was saying. Boy, that God's Lord's all over that. And I've had people with, you know, come up to me. Ryan, I'm seeing this picture. What do you think I should do with it? Share it. I was like, wait, uh, wait, wait on that one. That, that, I think it's the Lord, but this isn't the right time. So if you see it, pay attention. Pay attention to what you're hearing and seeing. Write it down if you need to. But the, the biggest thing is, as we, as we go forward, as we're being, learning to be led by the Spirit so that we can be that fully functioning church. Right? Because that's the desire. That's to be fully functioning, Spirit-led individually and as a group so that we can minister to our community and even further out than that, it starts with number one: being led by the Spirit, learning to see, learning to listen in the Spirit. I'm getting way out of time here, but let me just, um, as I close, let me. What I want to what I want to do uh, in the near future is um, I want us to start seeing how we all fit together. That's, that's how the gifts work. It's, it's like like this picture. Anybody a Star Wars fan in here? Oh, good. Talk to the right crowd. Remember, remember C-3PO when he's all busted up and he's got his arms here, right, and his legs here, right, and his head off, and they put his head back on, and, and, it, and he's like, my head's on backwards, right? Okay. Well, that's like that's how we are. Okay, we are all we've got arms here and legs here and and head over here and torso over here. But what and that's how it is with the gifts. But what God wants to do is He wants to take us all and put us together, right? So the the feet are on the right way and the arms are on the right way. The heads are going the right direction so that we can work and function as a full human being, which is actually supposed to look like Jesus. So in, in the near future, I, I want to go that direction. This is the first step. You know, a lot of it is faith to believe for those things and then to start taking those steps that we can, we can start saying, oh, you know what, you fit over here. You fit over here. Oh, no, you're, you're right here. And, and then we can start moving in that and functioning all together. And we can see what this body looks like. And then we can start saying, oh, you know what? Right on the hill looks like this. You know, this will fit over here. CLA, oh, well, they, they've got this. Okay, this, this is how it all fits, right? If we don't start at point one, we're not, not going to get to point three, okay? So this week, this week, try this. Take some time, hopefully every day. Take a little bit of time, five minutes, ten minutes, if you can do 15, and start asking the Lord questions, start probing him. Start getting in. Start if, if if you see a picture, write it down, or start at least ask the Lord. Okay, what's this picture for? Start listening. If you hear something, write it down. What is it? What are you saying? Well, why are you saying that to me? 
okay? This week, that's your assignment, okay? Spend a little bit every day if you can, even just a few minutes. Hopefully, it's a little bit bigger chunk. But let's start trying to look and listen and see what God has for us and ask him because he wants, it says it, it says it right there, that he, the, whole, the Father wants to show us so that people will marvel. He wants to. We, it's just about a matter of whether we will give him the opportunity and whether we'll open those eyes and ears. So let me pray. And I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray that over everyone here. Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you that you love us. And thank you that you want to show us more. Thank you that you want to show us all about you. You want us to glorify the Son even more. Thank you that you want, us to sh- you want to show us how to live life and how to minister. You want to show us um, the needs of people that we can actually uh, go and we can meet those needs by, by your Spirit. You, you want to show us um, how we can live a, a, a life free from um, uh, bondage. And you want to get us totally free. Uh, Uh, freed up from all the bondage of of sin or the bondage of our past. Lord, thank you that you want to show us all those things by your Spirit. You want to speak to us on a daily basis. And you want, thank you that you you love us enough to to not leave us alone. And Lord, that's what I'm asking for each person here. Badger us in the Spirit, if you will. Lord, show us. Lord, force, uh, you know, let those things crop up in and, and everybody's mind that they, they start seeing pictures and they start seeing dreams that they start hearing hearing your voice inside of them and all of a sudden they say okay I've, I've, I've got to pay attention to this but Lord I, I pray that like the Israelites they had their heart their, their ears closed and their eyes um, shut and they had a hard heart Lord I pray that that will not be us that everyone's heart will be softened so that we can see, that we can hear. Lord, forgive us. As a people, Lord, I ask that you would forgive us for, for hardening our heart, closing our eyes to you, and closing our ears to you. For believing the report of the world that it's all a natural world and refusing to see anything else. Lord, forgive us. And give us another shot, Lord. Give us a... Give us a chance to hear your voice and to see what you're doing and to be able to obey. Lord, we want to progress. We want to get to the point that you, you, um, that we can handle more. That you trust us with more. Lord, I ask that you would do that. That you would... Bring us to the next step. Trust us, please. Or bring us to the point that you can trust us. In Jesus' name. Amen.